it's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website. Clark Deals is where you find all those bargains, including on those great fancy smart TVs. I have a special warning for you about your smart TV coming up in today's Clark Rage. And coming up yet later, this is a subject that came up on the show. I promised I was going to do something about it. It happened in a conversation I had with you on on the show after I witnessed a vehicle accident between a car and an SUV. And it's things I want you to think about and be prepared for when the unexpected happens. So I talk about... Uh, obviously with people all the time about how to create financial security, how to build wealth over time and all that. Well, there's a guy who I refer to occasionally named the Sketch Guy. I think he's a, a really interesting guy. He, he, in one little picture, they all look like sketching something on a napkin. He really gets down deep inside what our motivators are and how we conspire against ourselves. And there's one he did that I really love because I identify with it completely. And I am dull. You don't know that? Let me tell you something. I am as dull as a human being can be. I just am. And I believe that creating financial security should be dull as well. That you do it slow and steady like a turtle. And there are so many people I hear from that are always looking for the big score. Because they want to be a millionaire! And so they're looking for the hot tip, the hot thing, the hot stock. And I got to say this, it's really interesting that I cannot remember a single instance ever where a woman came up and asked me for a hot stock tip. And guys ask me for that all the time. I think it's like asking a weather person what the forecast is going to be. Or a sportscaster, what do they think about that game last week? For me, it's like, What stock should I buy? What stock should I buy? And then I bore them to the point where they are ready to take a nap, talking about why instead you should look at an index fund or if you're saving through retirement at work, you should look at a target retirement fund. And I love this from one of the sketch guys things. The path to long-term change is slow simple, and boring. And that's right. Your investing should be boring so that you can have an exciting life. Being boring doesn't mean you're slapping the money in CDs. It means that you are investing slow and steady, paycheck to paycheck, month to month, and putting money aside. And although you start when you start, if your goal is to become a millionaire... The reality is if you start in your early 20s, it's actually pretty easy 
for you to become a millionaire by the time you retire. And ironically enough, if you wait till you're in your 30s, most people wait till they're in the 40s, but if you wait till you're in your 30s, it's a heavy lift to get to be a millionaire eventually in investing dollars. And you wait till 40, whoa, the amount of money you have to save every month is extraordinary. So remember this, you start when you start, you invest what you can invest, but the earlier you start and the more money you add over time, the more financial security you're going to create in your life. And not everybody's obviously going to become a millionaire, but if you want that kind of financial security, start early, use the Roth IRA or a 401k at work, and it'll happen. Steve is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Steve. Hello, Clark. Hope you're having a good day. I am having a great day, thank you, and I hope that I can serve you well. I think you probably can. I've got a 529 question for you. So my wife and I have just become first-time grandparents. Well, congratulations. You know I did last year as well. I know that, and and, uh, and thank you for that. And so we're very excited. And so uh, this is for my daughter. And when my daughter was younger, we started thinking about saving for college. Of course, 529 plans did not exist then. And so we start every, at every occasion, we and some relatives were buying EE bonds. And so we had a collection of EE bonds, and we were blessed and fortunate enough to be able to cash flow college education for her and never touch the EE bonds. But I was thinking now that we have the grandchild, if, you know, about using those EE bonds as seed money into a 529 plan. So, the, so you mean I, you buying those instead of buying a 529 or taking the money from them and putting them in a 529? I'm trying to follow. Yeah, well, I guess that was the question is, can I contribute the EE bonds into the 529 or do I need to liquidate the EE you'd bonds have to, you'd and then have buy to the fund options in the 529? You have to liquidate them. How long ago did you buy those? 30 years ago. All right, they stopped earning interest, so you want to cash them in. Oh, they, they did? Okay. Yeah. 30 years okay. is the maximum they earn, so go can them. Now, having bought them 30 years ago, they actually earned a really nice interest rate. Yeah, they did. Uh, we've got, I mean, I think the total investment was about $3,000, and, and I think they're worth about $8,300 right now. That's pretty great. So That's pretty good. Just cash those. You're going to have to pay tax on the earnings, and then you can take the money and put it into a 529 plan for your grandchild. Perfect. So uh, another question, what about the titling options on 529 plans and then sort of the pros and cons for each? Great question. Um, Do you trust your, it's your daughter, right? Correct. You trust your daughter implicitly? No, not implicitly. You don't entrust her. (laughs) I mean, I trust her, but not implicitly. All right. So you have some level of trust, but not... A huge amount. Got Perfect. It. All right. So in that case, I want to ignore um, considerations about whose name it's best to be titled in, and I want you to own the 529 plan. Okay. With your grandchild being the beneficiary. Okay. And I don't know if you've seen, I have a comprehensive guide of the best 529 plans in the country. Yeah, I've seen that on the site. Okay. 
So uh, do you live in the same state as your daughter? No, we're in different states. All right. So in that case, likely go into one of my dean's list plans. Right. Because those have ultra, ultra, ultra low costs. You can add to them as you wish over the years. And as a grandparent, you have maximum flexibility with this plan and that you can put in up to $15,000 in a year or as little as zero in a year for your grandchild. Perfect. I don't guess there's a way to do a tax-free exchange from the EE bonds into, into the 529. No, sometimes you just pay the tax. Okay. All right. Well, good. Well, Clark, I certainly appreciate your help, and thanks for all you and your team do. Absolutely. And you were a brilliant person buying those savings bonds back when they paid great guaranteed rates of interest. (laughs) Sometimes a little luck goes a long way. Oh, just go with brilliance. Okay, I'll do that. Thank you. Perfect. And again, congratulations on your grandbaby. Elise is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Elise. Hi, Clark. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for taking my question today. Certainly. How can I be of service? Well, because of a a divorce settlement, I've got uh, about two more years of receiving payments of a gross amount of $3,825 a month for the next two years. Well, first of all, I I hope you're doing okay, personally. (laughs) Yeah, yes, 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 I am now. Good, good. So you've got uh, roughly $45,000 a year for two years, mm-hmm. with my quick math? Something yes. close to that? Uh, about that, yep. Yeah. And so this money, is it subject to tax on your part? It is. Yes, under, Yes. all of it is tax. Okay, so you'll net um, upper 30000 a year? Correct. Okay. All right. And what have you... So this is not the first time you've gotten this money. You've been getting it for a while. Right. What are you finding you're using it for? Well, I invested some of it in real estate. Um, Some of it was in the very early years after my divorce. And I I did use it to uh, supplement my income at first. And then I got more on my feet. And then I um, uh, invested in a couple of real estate properties. Um, I don't really want to do that anymore, and I'm, I'm sort of diversified. I have uh, some money in mutual funds. I've got um, an IRA. I, I'm kind of, I, I feel like I'm pretty well diversified, but now I'm coming down to these last two years. This money is not really earmarked for anything, and I just want to make a smart move with it. I, you know, something um, not, risk, not too risky. I'm not much of a risk taker. Uh, but I just want to put it into something, you know, safe, but is going to be grow- growing, I guess. All right. So that's a tough combination, to tell you the truth. You know, because safe is where you know that a dollar put in will be a dollar later. Right. And when you go into something safe, that means you're not going to be able to earn a lot on the money. So let's look at this um, with a little bit different perspective how soon this money, this um, uh, let's say after tax, it's $75,000 over these next two years. Mm-hmm. How soon might you need any of that money? I would say not very soon. I, if I, Not soon. No, I, w- I would want it to like 
be there for my retirement or, okay. or work. All right, that's that. perfect because what I was trying to get at is that if you had money that you were getting this seventy-five grand and it was money you were going to need in the next five years, really the only smart move is to put it in CDs or savings accounts. Mm-hmm. But when you're looking at way down the road and how far down the road is that you'd need money for retirement? retirement? <laughs> yes. uh, maybe 20 years. So you definitely need to invest that. Um, mm-hmm. And are you self-employed or are you working for someone? No, I'm working. Okay. And do they have a 401k there or anything like that? Yes. Okay. Are you participating? I'm, I'm already putting into the 401. Yeah. And what percent of your pay are you putting in? Uh, 5%. How much? 5. 5%? Okay. What mm-hmm. I would like you to do instead is go all in on the 401k mm-hmm. and put in um, whatever amount you can, even get you to the max. Okay. And do that as your long-term money. And then this right. money you have, you can use it as your emergency fund money or as money you might okay. need to supplement your income because I've now taken you from 5% of your pay being saved in a 401k to a massive percent of your pay going into the 401k. And that's all pre-tax. Right. Now, you do. You may, some employers, have the option of doing a Roth 401k, which would be after-tax money. Okay. No, I, I believe ours is the is pre-tax. All right. If they ever offer you the uh, after-tax Roth 401k, I want you to do that. Now, the other oh, okay. alternative is you could, over the next many years, put in $500 every month, month after month, automatically into a Roth IRA. And put it straight into a target retirement fund 2040, let's say, which would line up pretty well with when you're headed towards retirement. All right. I'd like you to go look at my investment guide at Clark.com. If you do it at the $500 a month, you don't have to worry so much about what happens with the market. It'd be a number of years till you got all that money in. But the idea is... You're building a portfolio that you don't have to worry so much about risk because you're doing this thing called dollar cost averaging and going in a target retirement fund automatically adjusts the risk as you get closer to retirement. Maybe as I think through talking with you and your worry about risk, maybe that's the best idea. Today's Clark Rageous moment is just a heads up for you. A lot of us bought smart TVs through the whole Christmas shopping season when TVs were ridiculously cheap. And there's a vulnerability with a lot of the smart TVs where they are not protecting you from an invasion by a hacker into your home system. So I know this is going to be weird. I actually want you to dig out the owner's manual on your smart TV And figure out how to put a secure password on it, not the default that would come with the TV. There's one more thing for you to worry about. You brought what potentially is a Trojan horse into your house with that smart TV. Second, 
many of these TVs have a camera built into them, like a laptop would have. Take a little piece of like masking tape or something and cover up that camera. Why do you want your camera TV having the ability to spy on you when who might actually be spying on you is a hacker watching you from your own TV in your bedroom or your living room or family room or whatever. I know it's one more thing to worry about. Sorry for bringing it to the table, but take you just a couple of minutes to deal with this threat. It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website. ClarkDeals.com is where we have bargains for you, deals each and every day. So, you ever been in an auto accident? I've been in a number as a driver or a passenger over the many years. Thank goodness, not in a long, long time. But I have noticed twice being on the scene following an accident and being there to render assistance if necessary by people in the accidents that in addition to being really shook up, most people don't know what to do in the immediate aftermath of an accident. And one thing I want to tell you, if you're in an accident on a freeway, be very careful getting out of your vehicle and being around it because of follow-on accidents where somebody doesn't, not paying attention, they don't realize traffic stopped ahead because of an accident and it is unsafe for you to be out of your vehicle on a freeway. And that is really, really important. Most times it's not going to be on a freeway. It's going to be on a, uh, you know, a secondary street, a surface street. And I want you to make sure that you self-assess your health if you're and shocked that other people are looking at that, that if you're hurt, don't blow it off. Get medical care immediately. And it's important that, that everybody involved really seek the medical care that they need. And I don't know how often it is that people say, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, when they're really not. And I, I have an intersection near me where not only was there the recent accident that I talked to you about on the air, but there was also one two years ago when uh, people were hurt in both vehicles in the accident. And it's important that people do get care right away. If no one's hurt, then it's important to follow local laws. You may need to get that vehicle out of traffic. And in many states, that is a requirement if vehicles are movable, that you get them out of the way of traffic. That also prevents a follow-on accident. But if at all practical, you want to take pictures as soon as possible, maybe even if you can quickly take them before vehicles are moved out of the accident scene 
so that you have pictures because people's memories are so faulty later. You know, I'm a big believer, by the way, in having a dash cam that records video in an accident. It can be so valuable later because our memories are so poor. And I've got a new guide for you at Clark.com that we put together and something I promised I was going to do before it's now ready. And it goes through with you what you should do in the event you're in an accident. And I know this is weird to park this in your brain, but if you don't have it with you, the best thing is print this out, have it in your glove box. So if you are in an accident, you're kind of discombobulated, you know what to do. But if you don't have it, you can go on Clark.com and find it. Your insurer may also have a guide that they have available on their website that goes through the steps of how you should uh, protect both your health, your safety, and your rights following an accident. Ann is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Ann. Hello. Ann, you got a mortgage you want to be rid of. I do. Can you help me? I, yeah, I'll send you a check right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> How is it that I can be of service with that? Well, so um, the thing is, within the next seven to eight years, we're looking to retire in the house. And um, I had heard um, that it is helpful in, in an effort to pay off a mortgage early that you make an extra payment um, every year. And I was just wondering if it was possible to make two payments instead of just one. Um, how, how helpful is that? Do you recommend that? You can make as many extra payments as you want. You just have to make sure that it's recorded as an additional payment of principal and not a month paid ahead. It does nothing for you of any note if the lender, some of them do this uh, because they're not honest, Others do it because they're careless and they will apply your extra payment as just you're paid ahead a month when what you want is you want prepayment of principal that permanently reduces the balance owed on the loan. So you could you can pay extra every month, a little bit every month, and that would even have a bigger impact for you if you took, let's say, what would represent two payments per year. Divide that by 12 and pay that additional amount each month if that worked for you. And do you pay by coupon? Do you pay electronically? How do you pay? I pay electronically. All right. So electronically, you can just boost your amount by whatever extra you want to do. And then uh, you can check your records online, I assume, real time. Mm-hmm. So you're, yep. a, you're able to go on and make sure that, let's just keep the number simple, you paid $250 extra this month. You want to make sure that they applied that directly to your principal as a principal prepayment balance reduction. And okay. every time you do it, you want to make sure they did because you want to catch it quickly so that you can be on the record with them that they did not properly apply it. Okay. Now, I had, a, I had a problem years ago that was very annoying. I was prepaying principal on a loan, and the lender, instead of applying it, was putting it into what they called a suspense file. 
whatever that means. And they mm-hmm. were just, they had my money, but they weren't applying it to the loan. And I could oh. not get them to apply the money. And this was going on over a significant period of time. And I actually had to file a complaint in that era. I filed a complaint with the state banking regulator. And then eventually I got the credit and it was retroactive back to when I had actually paid the money. Okay. So you've got to watch them and be all over them if they don't apply the money as they should. But great to do. That's great. So is your goal to be mortgage debt free at the time of retirement? Is that the plan? That's that's the hope. Yes. Okay, let's make that hope a plan. Yes. No, that's that's what we're going to do. All right. Now that's what I want to hear. But even though I just said that and pushed you from plan, you know, from hope to plan, the question for you, are you saving enough money otherwise elsewhere for retirement that you're going to have money to live on in addition to being mortgage debt free? Yes, we are. Okay then that's great. So just, uh, if you can't tell, it's not that I think banks are crooks. It's that generally they're not very competent. Okay, (laughs) fair. (laughs) So that's why you need to watch them so closely. I mean, mean, there's Wells Fargo, and they really uh, worked overtime to show how crooked they could be as a bank. But generally when there's a problem with the bank, it's not trying to be... um, dishonest or break the law like Wells Fargo or anything like that. It's just that they don't have it together as they should. And that's why you have to watch them and stay over them to make sure they are, in fact, applying every additional payment you make, Anne, as they should. Anthony's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Anthony. Hi, Clark. How can I serve you, Anthony? Um... So uh, at 18, I uh, kind of tanked my credit, um, had a vehicle loan, had a motorcycle loan, rent, and I was able to afford it. Um, and then uh, once I fortunately lost my job, I fell so far behind that unfortunately I had to surrender two vehicles. Um, and I'm currently uh, 23, going on 24. I've and, been able to bring my credit up to around you, These things happened, that? Anthony, when you were 18? Yes. Okay. All right. So did either of the lenders on either vehicle sue you and get a judgment against you for their costs with the repossessions? Uh, One did, yes. Okay, so they did get a judgment. And how much did they get a judgment for? Do you know? Uh, It was about $1,800. Oh, okay. That's not horrible at all. I I started to think you were going to say 18000 when you came out with the eighteen. So, Oh, no. And have you been able to pay that $1,800? Uh, yeah, both of those vehicle surrenders have been squared away and paid. That's fantastic. Okay, um, and, you're, and you're six years out from all this. Yes. That's really great. Um, all right, how can I help? Because you took full ownership of this, you took care of it. And now here you are, older, wiser, more mature. Um, so basically, um, my main question is, currently, you know, I'm going on 24 years old. I've been able to bring my credit up to roughly around the 600. I'm trying to figure out um, the best way to help boost my credit up. 
Um, I have currently have no credit cards. Um, I have almost every of my bills on auto pay. Um, All right. So uh, answer to that, you actually want two credit cards. Okay. Not to spend yourself into oblivion, but just because you want to have credit cards so you can uh, have a good payment record, good payment history. It's one of the most important things you can do to build your credit standing going forward. Plus, the repos disappear from your credit file next year. They can only oh. be on, the, on there seven years. The harm from them has already lessened, and the harm from them disappears completely once you hit seven years. Okay. So as far as you uh, getting your credit score much higher, really the way you'll do that is with having first one credit card and then I'd like you to get a second one. This is kind of a Noah's Ark rule. You always want two major credit cards, Visa, MasterCard, American Express, Discover. Okay. Um, now with my credit situation being you know less than less than good, what would be some credit card companies I should reach out to first? All right. So one I would try is Petal Card, P-E-T-A-L Card, that okay. issues a Visa card and uses non-traditional methods to evaluate you and see if they'll issue you a card. Okay. Also, are you a member of a credit union yet? Uh, I am not. Okay, I want you to find a credit union local to you. Uh, most credit unions have what are known as fresh start programs where they'll have a procedure for issuing you a low credit limit credit card and you basically prove that you can handle it and then your relationship with them gets uh, to be a completely normalized credit relationship. At first, they may require that you open a savings account with a credit union, but different than how a lot of banks do with a secured card. This is more like a regular Visa or MasterCard that a credit union would issue you. Okay. So I think with those steps, you're going to be great. Do you know how long was it after the vehicle was repoed that the one lender got the judgment against you? It was roughly about a month and a half, two months later. Okay, so it was quick. So that clock's yeah. running on that too. So that judgment will vanish at seven years also. So okay. your, your credit picture when you turn 25 is going to improve so dramatically that you're going to be in a position to have absolutely top drawer credit going forward, especially if awesome. you've gotten a credit card or two. Okay. Well, best to you. And it um, sounds like you're going to have a really positive financial future in front of you. And it's not at all unusual that you got in over your head as a teenager. That is a very common occurrence with credit. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget. 
giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. James joins us on the Clark Howard Show. And James, you have a twofer for me, apparently. You figured out a way to save money and avoid scammers at the same time. Is that true? That is true, sir. Yes, it is. Tell me. I'm um, very intrigued. What are we talking about here? Well, I live in a Midwest state, and we have a, a, a rather large um, gas company that they offer a card where you can earn points for every purchase. And one day I got to thinking, okay, there's a lot of, lot of information about the card skimmers at the pump. I use a credit card for all my gas purchases. I thought to myself, well, why don't I just purchase one of these gift cards that they offer in the store, put money on that gift card, and use that at the pump rather than my credit card? So the credit union that I bank with, they offer a Visa card that earns cash back. And on any of the gas purchases, I get 3% cash back with that credit card. So, Mr. Howard, what I do is... Oh, please call me Clark. Nobody calls me Mr. <laughs> I was in the military, sir, and I want to thank you for your service well. As well thank so. you. Thank you to you. Which <laughs> branch were you in? In the Marine Corps. Oh. Well, so, you're a tough you, guy then. Well, no, I was in the air wing at the Marine Corps, so... Okay. <laughs> just, just, just say yes, I was really tough. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, but anyway, when I need to make a gas purchase, what I do is I go into the store and I keep the same gift card in my wallet. And I'll take my credit union Visa card, I'll put $100 onto that gift card from that large gas station... In addition to getting the 3% on my Visa card, now that gas station, whenever you make a purchase of $100 or more on that gift card, they give you an additional set of points, and they give you an additional 1,500 points for that. So um, you're, you're winning every way possible. So one thing, do you then use that gift card to pay at the pump for the gas you get? Yes, sir. That's exactly right. Right. So how do they protect you in the event that that card is skimmed? Well, here's the way I look at it. If the card is skimmed, at the max, it's going to have $100 on it. Oh, got it. And they don't have your regular card number or anything like that. Right. All right. That's very clever because you're getting the 3% cash back. You're keeping yourself from being vulnerable to skimmer having to replace your card number. I like it. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.